Welcome back to the 7pm Cafe podcast. Today our guest is a Puerto Rican published playwright actress director based in New York City. She is a winner of the Miranda Family Voces Latinx National Playwriting Competition 2020 with her play Malas Mañas. She did the voice of La Cucarachita in the Cucarachita Martinez Musical Adventure, which is nominated for a 2021 Emmy Award. She is also the editor of my book, Interior Anxiety Night. Our guest is Alejandra Ramos Riera. So go grab your coffee, your tea, your favorite drink, and enjoy. Welcome to the 7 p.m. Cafe Podcast. Today we have a guest from Puerto Rico, living in New York, Alejandra Ramos Riera. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you, Lucy. Thank you for having me. I'm very happy to be here. So Alejandra is a Puerto Rican published playwright, actress, director, based in New York City, winner of the Miranda Family Voices Latinx National Playwriting Competition 2020 with her play Malas Mañas. She's a playwright and resident at the Teatro Público and collaborating artist at the Pregones and PRTT, which is Puerto Rican Traveling Theater. We love Puerto Rican Traveling Theater and Pregones. Yes, <laughs> She holds a BA in Dance and Theater from University of Puerto Rico, and she holds a master's degree in Scenic Arts from the University of Murcia, Spain. You also have a book. See, I Googled you. <laughs> you did. Oh, my goodness. So you have a book. It's called, it's in Spanish. It's called En la Sotea, Diez Piezas Cortas de Teatro, Ten Short Pieces for Theater. Yes. Let me see. You also did the voice for La Cucarachita, The Cockroach. I did. Which is nominated for a 2021 Emmy Award for Long Form Content. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Let's start for people that don't know you. Let's start from your education. Tell us a little bit about your education in Puerto Rico and then Spain. Okay, so thank you again. First of all, I I need to start with I'm talking about my family, if I ever talk about my education, just because I come from a very artistic-oriented family. My mom is a former singer painter my both of my siblings are um, filmmakers my cousin is an actor professional actor my I have another uh, my well, my dad is a philosopher and I consider him an artist as well and he's also a poet and I can keep telling you about my family you know other cousins we're like pretty much oriented in in the in the artistic business and so I grew up surrounded by that I have been dancing since I was three years old writing since I was since I knew how to write but officially my first play I wrote when I was 12 years old after reading Waiting for Godard by Samuel Beckett, which is one of my favorite playwrights and very much inspired by him. That was my life until I went to high school. I went to a visual art um, high school. It's called La Central de Arte Visuales, which I'm very proud of. Um, it was an amazing experience. Then I went to the University of Puerto Rico. I did my BA in interdisciplinary studies where I combined dance and theater. Still, to this day, there's not a department of dance in La Yupi. So what I did was I wanted to I wanted to 
to do both and I couldn't just stay in theater department because then I wouldn't be able to do the dance thing. Create like a like a version of the two, of a hybrid, right? Of the two disciplines. After that, I went to Spain almost immediately after I graduated. I went to Murcia, which is it's weird. Like a lot of people don't know even that Murcia <laughs> exists, right? But it's a beautiful, beautiful place in the world and in Spain. The cathedral is absolutely amazing. And the, there was this program that it was the first time that they did. And the funny thing is that because it was the first program that it was devoted to scenic arts, a lot of the students, I would say 80%, were already professionals in the arts, in the performing arts in Murcia and in Madrid and just in Spain in general. By going there and by doing that master's, I immediately worked on the field because my fellow classmates were like these directors and producers. And so it was a very, it was an amazing opportunity to combine both studies, like theoretical studies, but also the practical aspect of it. And I, I, I now get to say that I, officially worked in Spain and that's something that I will take forever so it, that was great for me so yeah that that's all I've, uh, in terms of studies you know I mean I always study but formal studies that's where it ended in 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 Madrid I mean in Murcia I did an internship uh, in Madrid before though while I was at the University of Puerto Rico for one year just took random classes because I had the <laughs> options of taking whatever I wanted so I literally did that and after Murcia I just went back to Puerto Rico and that's when I created my theater company. How did you chose Spain? Like, how do you know you wanted to do Spain? Was it random or you? It was, I made that decision in like 24 hours. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was a very impulsive decision that this time worked. <laughs> I, I am very close to Spain just because my aunt lives there. She's been there for more than 40 years. So she's, I consider she's almost Madrileña, right? And so since I was a baby, just with my family, we went to Madrid a lot so I kind of felt always comfortable in Spain and so when that showed up first of all it was super cheap to do it mm -hmm. I have like no students loan like not it was very very cheap and I got a, a place to live it was for free like I I was offered a free rent space yeah I put all those things together and I was like I'm going why not yeah that's why but I, I my partner at the time he had these papers with all the information about this university and I was just curious about I was like that was before we were together a little bit before and I was just like what are you looking at and he's like oh I'm thinking about going to study here DMA I didn't even read through the entire papers and I was I was just like I'm going with you and then I just <laughs> told my family and next thing you know I'm on a plane on my way to Murcia so that's what happened <laughs> so you got back to Puerto Rico and you started a company yes so we were we were very sad to leave Spain we especially Murcia we created like almost a family friends you know there and it was tough times you know in general like economic economic in Spain was like super bad and we tried we tried to stay but we needed a work to do the because of the visa right mm -hmm. we tried we couldn't do it and then we were like okay so you know well maybe it's not for us so we went back to Puerto Rico and we're on the plane we're like in between tears but also like with this existential crisis of what are we gonna do now like what's this cannot be like we, can, we we're just like getting started like we don't we weren't ready to like pause anything we we were very aware of the movement of micro theater in Madrid and we did some of it in Murcia and we were just like wait why don't we do this in Puerto Rico like 
it, it, the concept as it is was not like recognized. It was, of course, short plays. You have the entremeses in, in, the, in the classics and all that. But like as a contemporary concept of micro theater and the way we were envisioning, it didn't exist. And then the question was, okay, so we're broke. So where are we going to do this? <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I'm going to ask my mom. My mom lives, lives in this beautiful, beautiful apartment in Old San Juan with this beautiful, huge um, rooftop. And I'm like, maybe we need like permits. I'm not going to ask for them. I'm just going to ask for my mom's permission. <laughs> I think we can do micro theater on the rooftop. And we both were like, we had like an aha moment. We were like, yes, that's exactly where we're going to so we literally had that conversation with my mom if not that same day the next morning and she was so excited she was like I'm like mom but you know I don't know if we, we need permits I don't know if it's gonna be and she's like we're doing it forget about it it's better to say sorry later we, we say that in, in Puerto Rico it's better to say sorry than to ask for permission for something that's how we started and it was a we created a movement and we we did one year People were getting to, to see the plays from even tourists from all over the world. We had lines form outside. It was, it was just magical. And also adrenaline, full rush adrenaline, because again, we were like not supposed to be doing that. <laughs> so it ended when that inspector came and was like, hey, you can't be, if you keep doing this, we're going to do this and this and that. And, you know, we had to stop. My mom's house was <laughs> in the, on the line right there. But because of that movement, we were able to bring the art concept of micro theater here to New York. And that's our first artistic um, residency that we got at Pregones Theater in the Bronx and from that it just kept growing and we traveled with our plays all written by me max two actors you know minimum scenic elements and we we, we also went back to Murcia to present one of our plays under that concept and we just created a company we were like okay so let's now do a company because we're doing this and that's how Teatro La Azotea was born and and that's why my book was born too and it's a selection of few of those uh, 10 of the tour plays that I wrote. That's what brought you to New York? Not exactly. So we kept we kept working with our company, not only uh, with micro theater, other plays, but also doing people were just hiring us in university. We just we did a lot of plays for students. We created festivals. We did a lot. And then New York for me is very special. Um, it goes way back when when I was 10 years old. We because my father is a professor at that time, he was working here at Hunter College. He had an offer, a job offer for a two year. We have we just moved here to New York and I went to PS84. My mom was painting. My dad was, you know, teaching philosophy. And uh, I remember in PS84, I started playing, I chose to play, to learn to play cello. And I fell in love with the instrument. I learned pretty quickly with Suzuki method. And next thing you know, we saw this opportunity at Juilliard. They were holding auditions and I went there. I had an audition and they, they, they picked me full scholarship at Juilliard. And that's when we got the news that we had to go back to Puerto Rico. So we had to reject the offer. Wow. And it was a very, <laughs> you, can, you can imagine, this is, mm. this is one of the saddest thing in our family. Like it, everyone was like, we were just like, we couldn't, we couldn't deal with it. It was horrible. I didn't even play cello anymore after that. I just changed to piano and then just kept like acting and dancing. But I do remember that when that happened, I was like, what, like 11 and a half years old. And I thought to myself, I was like, okay, maybe not now. And you're like, 
underage and you can't really make, do anything about it. But when you grow up and you can do it and you can, you know, decide for yourself, you're going to live in New York. And just that I had that in the back of my mind for like years. So it got to a point that I just, even my body, like I was just like, I needed to be in New York. I just needed to. And I make a drastic decision personally and just drastic in general. And that's when I decided with not having like no money at all, anything. I just decided to move to New York and live and work here. And I ended up with like five jobs and you know the drill. <laughs> yeah. Tell us your first play that you did here in New York. My first play was this stage creative stage reading because it was the, we had lighting design we 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 blocked it with everything and it was another residency at Pregones and it's one of the reasons which I'm, I'm so thankful to this company you know they opened so many doors to so many people and I'm just forever grateful so I did it there and the play is a full-length um, English written play it's called Broken Words and I did it there I I also did like the publicity I got attention from BronxNet. They did an interview. They announced it. A lot of people came and showed, and it was very well received. And yeah, that was the first play that I did. Tell us the projects that you were on before COVID. How was oh. everything going on? <laughs> before COVID. Well, I was working a lot. I was working a lot because before COVID. And one thing I have to thank COVID is that I got to rest because honestly, I was just burning out. I I was working every day, Monday to Monday with like three, four different jobs, 14, 12 to 14 hours a day, like nonstop. My schedule was just like, crazy and I was burning out I couldn't my my even my throat I was like my voice I couldn't I didn't even have a voice anymore you know I was like exhausted for real but I was just on the verge of just like uh, and that's when it happened so I got to rest but while I was um, in terms of artistic artistically I did display at Puerta Fest it was at the Julia de Burgos uh, Cultural Center it was selected as part of the first festival and it's called in Spanish plays It's called Saben Amar. And, and so that was the last play that I did before the pandemic. And I was just writing and creating new content, content just to like do more stuff and, and, and everything stopped. But I do have to say that during the pandemic, I was very much involved with virtual plays. A lot, a lot of them, a lot. So I did a lot of virtual plays mostly writing not much directing um but just writing and collaborating with different companies from puerto rico and and here in new york that's the good thing about the virtual um is that you can literally collaborate with anyone in any part of the world right so that's a good side to it yes talk to us a little more about that because i found that interesting that you did some work from you were collaborating with puerto rico yeah the biggest project that i did um it was a coll collaborative um, device project was actually with my ex-partner director amazing director actor professor eriberto feliciano rodriguez who runs this beautiful theater company in puerto rico called la bicicleta it was a play one-man show called uh, Mara tres veces and he called me and he asked me if I was interested in writing the, the, the play with him because again it was from scratch so we attend we all attended the entire group the entire crew attended each rehearsal on zoom we saw him um, he was guided by this other you know colleague who was helping him out 
with coach coaching him he went through a lot of um, improvisations and I just wrote and we exchanged and eventually I ended up with you know the script of the play and we did it and it was an official selection of the um Festival del Instituto de Cultura Puerto Riqueño. And it was beautiful. It's a beautiful piece. And so that's like the, we, we did it for, it was like a three month, three to four month process. And the outcome was just amazing. So it's interesting. It's different. Some people react in a more like totally reject the, the, the virtual place, whatever you want to call them. I just find that it's a, a, a different way to do it. I don't, I don't mean it to substitute at all theater as we know it, but I do think it, it offers new, new opportunities and ways to play, and why not? Listen, we were all trapped. Like I was just here in my house without doing it. Why am I'm not gonna say no? It was thrill. The only thing that I suffered was the, the the opening night. We didn't have a party. Everyone was. I mean, we were like, yeah, everyone had like wine or whatever they wanted to drink in front of the computer, and we were here. But it's not the same, you know. You wanted to like hug people and and celebrate in person, and that was the only thing. But but it was it got it was a point in the middle of the process that even though we were talking and communicating through a computer the energy you you could still feel it i don't know it's very weird but for 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 seconds you almost forgot the screen and you were just really involved in the process and collaborating and that was amazing talk to us um about the winning the miranda family voices latinx national play writing competition that's such a long name <laughs> Oh my God, I I did not expect to win that at all. This is, listen, this was with my play, Malas Manas. <laughs> and it's like that baby that it was really hard to get pregnant with. <laughs> <laughs> and a baby that suffered tremendously because I wrote this play when I was still in Puerto Rico, the first draft. And I thought I was ready to do it. We tried, we, we were actually going to produce it. We were gonna produce it. We were already talking with Naima from Teatro Breve. We were like, we had like, we were like putting everything together. And then Irma came and then Maria came. And then we were like, and then the pandemic and we were like, and then the earthquakes and we were like, oh my God. So, okay, so it, it was just like, so, so, something is telling me I can't <laughs> think what's going on with this play. But I never stopped working on it. So we grew all this, all this time, you know, um, I just kept working and reading it. And, and then I saw the, the, um, up the, the announcement of, uh, to apply to this, um, competition. And I'm like, okay, let's try Maybe this is the life of this baby. I don't know what else to do with this baby. So I applied and it was a long process before they tell you if you would. So I literally, it was like more than six months. So I was just like, not even thinking about it anymore. And I got an email and then I got a call and I was just like, no, I could, I, 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 I couldn't believe it. I, I could not, I couldn't believe it. Thrilled. So happy. I, I was jumping. I was, I cried. I, I was just so very happy. And, and it's a, it's a, again, it's a very, it's been a very difficult play, not just because of the theme, but because of the process that I, that I had to go with it. And so why can I say it's, it was amazing news to hear. Tell us a little more about La Cucarachita. Well, that was another surprise. Um, <laughs> I like surprises. <laughs> so please universe, bring me more. <laughs> 
Okay, so until like June, I've been working since 2018 with the Center for Puerto Rican Studies at Hunter College. I've done a lot of things, project managing, production coordinator, etc. One of the things that I worked on while working there was just doing voiceovers uh, for educational stuff and also for this. So I took it just, I, I, I took it as a, another great opportunity. I love doing voiceovers, so I was just like, why not? This is great. Anything that's creative, I'm like, of course. And it was a Cucarachita Martina, which for me is very personal because my birthday, number one, my mom celebrated and I have, you know, videos of it, very old videos of it, <laughs> of this birthday. And my mom directed a Cucarachita Martina with all my family and, and for the kids. And so I love that story. So I was get to be, I got to be a Cucarachita. Amazing. So I did it, like just, you know, another work. After the pandemic, after everything, I again received a call. And I remember it was the director of La Cucarachita and the writer, and they were on speaker, on, I mean, on conference call. And they told me that what I was doing, and I'm like, I'm drinking coffee. And they're like, well, you should be drinking champagne. <laughs> and I'm like, why? We were nominated for the for the Emmys, and I, just, I again couldn't believe it. I'm like, really? So yeah, that's gonna take place in September, and we're all very happy. It's a beauty. It came out beautifully. It's a short animated film, you know, drawings from Tere Marichal, uh, music by Desmar Guevara, directed by Waldo Cabrera, um, written and produced by Centro and Raquel Ortiz. So. It was very, very, very fun. Very fun to do. And I got to work with Mario Mate, which is an amazing actor and voiceover actor. He did all the animals and I did the cucarachita. <laughs> we have the fingers crossed so you guys win. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> One of the questions that I had is, what is your biggest struggles as a Latina in the arts? Um, that's a very, very good question. Hard to answer to. I guess there's a lot of things, it varies also, depending on the opportunities that you get here and there. But I guess how to get my, my plays, both in Spanish or in English, to, to be seen and to be considered and to be produced. You know, I, any writer will be happy to just have it more easy to just present, pitch your idea and hopefully this company can just take you under the wing and produce it right with all that has to do economically speaking and all that um and what i feel is i don't know i don't know which door to knock in order for that to happen um i feel like mostly the opportunities are, are by like competitions and submitting because of open calls but there's not like a direct way to do it a direct and honest and just you know, um, just way to do it. And, and also feeling free with your themes and your, and whatever you're writing. Because it's, it's in my, in my case, I don't write musicals. So that's like out of my, right. It's not that I'm going to say, no, I'm never going to write it, but it's not something that I'm, it's not my first choice. It's not something that I'm like super like into it. So that puts you in a smaller position, especially here in New York. And then it's like, okay, so my options are just producing, also producing my play. And I've done it uh, uh, mostly in Puerto Rico, and I'm feeling like I might have to do it here too. And, but it just takes a lot of more time, resources, energy, 
and sometimes I'm like, I just want to write <laughs> and, and just get it out there somehow. So I feel like that's a little bit hard. And again, because I don't know, I don't know which steps to follow. There has been, um, there's been lately very interesting communication with the Dramatist Guild of America, precisely talking about this. And so I, I, I think there's light at the end of the tunnel. I think this will, especially in the times that we're living right now, it will definitely get somehow, I don't know when I said I want to use the word fixed, but at least new windows, I think, might open because of this conversation. And because we are, it's, it's, a, it's a problem, it's a thing. It's a thing that we need to talk about and we need to address it. And so, yeah, I feel, I feel like that right now. So as a writer, do you feel the challenge or the responsibility to write about Puerto Rico or do you just let it happen? I let it happen. I feel, I feel, I have a very universal point of view about when it comes to writing, meaning that I don't try to please anyone and I don't try to force myself to do anything, to write anything, to talk about uh, certain things um, if I don't have it in me. So as long as I feel comfortable with what I'm saying and as long as I'm having fun playing with with structure and just feeling free about it I I just trust that and I throw it there um I think Puerto Rico will be there regardless because I am from Puerto Rico and that's a huge part of me I don't have the need to overdo it mm -hmm. things about Puerto Rico might be direct indirectly but they, they're just gonna somehow they're gonna be there even if it's just through the rhythm you know it can be as simple as that so yeah I don't I don't have and I respect any you know any other uh, approach that colleagues uh, Latino scholars can have but I that's just how I operate I don't I, I don't work with when I'm forced to write about you know if I do it it's if I work for hire that's different but it, if it comes out of like just me being creatively free I will I, I do the opposite I just try not to think too much just go ahead tell us how you have been adjusting to this new 2021 the new normal <laughs> in your work well I decided to um I'm gonna keep writing that's something that is just part of me but I decided to to just get back into my acting uh when I came to New York I had the fabulous experience of I was I, I did like my one audition here and I got picked on this movie called Angelfish when I got to play a princess Nokia's aunt and and it was so much fun and and I I I, I, I love I love acting for the camera and I I did it in Puerto Rico I did that here and after that just work 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 and then opportunities with writing and then pandemic and now I'm like you know what I want I want that feeling again So I'm moving towards that without leaving the writing aside. So and, I, and I'm feeling pretty, pretty encouraged to do it. So, so that's that. And also in terms of work, everything changed. Lost some jobs, got new ones. I'm teaching acting for the camera at Bronxnet, stage managing um, for Pregones. And I have this work for hire gigs that I'm writing and I'm doing, you know, just um, self-tapes. <laughs> um, so I feel it's more artistic directed this time and I like it. I mean, it's still, you know, it's a struggle, but, but I feel confident. Um, I think, I think the pandemic also, you know, taught us to like, 
you know, we're here for, you know, you don't know how long in life, I mean, and it's worth it to just at least try to do what you really, really, really want. Even try it. If it doesn't work out, then you at least know that you tried. But to look back and be like, oh, I never even tried. I ne I never even sent that email. I never even then that. No, I'm, and so I'm trying to like very be very mindful of that to to the point that when I'm old, I look back and I'm like, I tried. I tried this. I did that. I did this. And I'm good with it. And I'm good with myself. Yeah, I feel like 2020 taught us so much, especially if you're from New York, because we were like hustling. So uh -huh. you were like, you never stop. Like you have something, you were always looking for the next thing. So it taught us to stop and like pick what you really want to do. <laughs> yes, definitely. Stop and think because <laughs> that's, yeah. <laughs> and really look into yourself and be like, oh my. And, and it's funny how you realize when, with, with such a speed, you mm. you don't really you you it's like very easy to lose control of yourself very easy even though you think you're because you wake up you have the coffee you go to work you did it you, you okay you, you're doing you're doing it yeah yeah mm -hmm. but but like what who are you what are you like wait what's your favorite color again I don't remember <laughs> so um yeah I think that's that's it's been great hard because it's hard to do that you know to go through that introspection there's some things that maybe you don't want to know about you that you are forced to deal with maybe in weird ways blah 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 um but that's also part of life so we are almost on the end and i forgot to ask you one question that i always ask my guests and it's do you remember how we met absolutely <laughs> we met i think it's called maxwell a bar you were hired you were the photographer of this birthday party of our dear friend we have a friend in common sol crespo she celebrated her birthday there i came as one of the guests and you were taking pictures and we started just talking about puerto rico and just life in general and a little bit about the struggle between uh, maybe living in the island and living in new york and the change and do you miss it and what do you miss and who do you work have what have you done and yeah that's the first time <laughs> I that i met you <laughs> so crazy because that was the last body before COVID happened <laughs> oh my goodness it was one of yes you're right <laughs> This is the funny story that I have. You share about your family. They're very artistic. So I want to people to know who your family is. Because I didn't even know. I learned this later. <laughs> <laughs> so I met Sol through Jara Jarani. And I met Jarani because I watched Chamacas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so wow. who directed Chamacas? <laughs> My sister. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and also, now that you mentioned my sister, I want to take a moment to say that she's also the creator, director, editor, and co-producer of Rita Moreno's documentary, yes. a girl who just decided to go for it. So yeah, that's my sister too. <laughs> Is there a worry we can see the movie now? Soon. I think it'll be, it'll be available soon, I guess in most, you know, Stream or something. Yeah. Because yeah. it's still going to different festivals. So until that ends, they're not gonna And then for people it's gonna be like, why did she do the documentary on Rita Moreno? Where her son was on one day at a time. My beautiful, beautiful, yes, nephew, he's Marcel Ruiz Perez. 
he played uh, the little boy at one day at a time. Yes. <laughs> See how all is connected. <laughs> it's all connected. <laughs> and for those who don't know, then Alejandra was my editor. I was. I had the privilege <laughs> to edit Lucy's first book. Um, yes. and, and it was a very, very nice experience. Uh, yeah, another another thing that I'm grateful about. It was it was a nice journey, and I think we both learned a lot from it. And I'm I'm congratulations. I I hear it's going yes very well. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, thank you. So for anyone that wants to reach out to you or see your work or know about your work, you want to share your social sure. media. Sure. So you can find me on Instagram at Ale Ramos Riera. It's just like my name, but with Alejandra, it's Ale Ramos Riera. I'm on Facebook at Alejandra Ramos Riera. And yeah, you can just reach out to me there. DM me if you want to know anything about anything. Um, I'm, we'll have a workshop coming up, a playwriting workshop, the Saturday, October 23rd at Julia de Burgos. And it's going to be thanks to uh, a city grants, a city arts um, corps grant. So I will be announcing that on my on my social media pages. So you're yes. welcome to just um, ask me for more information about it. I'm so happy. I did the <laughs> playwriting um, at the Puerto Rican Trauleteria. I think oh. I did the last one they did before they had to like, because they didn't have, I don't think they had the funds for them. It was right. 2015. So I think that was the last one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's great. So it was so much fun. I think that was the first time that I shared that I write. Like, ah, that's wow. The first time. That's, that's a big, yeah. Yeah. That's a big thing. Yeah. So much fun. See, Puerto Rican <laughs> traveling to the Pergones again. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So if you want to follow us on Instagram, this at the 7 p.m. Cafe Podcast. Thank you again, Alejandra, for your Thank time. Thank you, Lucy. Thank you. Thank you.